Um, but yeah, uh, uh, after, you know, week four of working from home, I went ahead and got myself a somewhat proper office chair and, uh, man, it has made a world of difference. My lower back no longer feels like I just got shot. I, I'm getting my office chair tomorrow. Man, the lumbar what, is key. It is key. If if you do not have a good office chair, then you are putting yourself in for a world of hurt. Oh, yeah. uh, my neck has been hurting, and honestly, like my uh, left hand started going numb, especially <laughs> my left index finger. I think it's because I pinched a nerve or something. I don't know if it's just because my chair sucked and my setup was garbage but getting a new chair yeah. i've been standing for the past three days yeah i got mine in the mail the other day and uh i immediately ripped it out of its box and assembled it and uh oh man just a just a world just a world of difference does that make because man like by this time by this time most days in my normal chair my back would hurt so incredibly bad that I felt like just, I just felt like I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to lay down and do absolutely nothing. But now I still feel like that, but in less pain, which is great. That's yeah. good. That's the most important part. Cause I think we're going to be having to do this for quite a while. Yep. That's what My it's guess. looking <laughs> My guess is June at the earliest. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I see. I don't know if I see that. I. I it's. You know. I. We don't need to go into the whole the details. I think people are gonna break for that. But uh, you know, from what I'm seeing, it looks like we should be good to. Should be good to at least get people out and about. Uh, well, you know, maintaining good hygiene and probably wearing masks. Uh, come come May. Um, so. This is going to get kind of depressing. I told you, remember yesterday when I told you about my grandpa, right, Max? Yeah. So apparently nine other people in his nursing home are also positive with COVID-19. So probably a single, I would almost guess probably a nurse or a caretaker there had it and was going into the rooms caring for the guys. And yep. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad, man. Yeah. But anyways, let's talk about happy stuff. Yeah, is this, uh, is this force vision? This is force vision. Uh, I'm glad uh, we got that cleared up before this meeting started. This is the force vision podcast. Um, well, perfect. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I, I found some news we could talk about that uh, that that we could talk about as we just kind of shoot the shit with Star Wars news. Um, you know, we're not going to take this podcast too seriously. We're just trying to uh, you know get everyone by. So uh, this is Force Vision Quarantine Edition uh, today. So uh, as all of our most we're likely... all chilling in our back to tanks right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. right we are, and uh, you know we uh, all of us, and hopefully I mean all of us have uh, our drinks handy here. On a oh Thursday. fuck! I need wine. Go get it. Go get it right now. Time out. You can go get it. Tim, yeah. what about you? I don't have anything to drink right now. Suppose I could go grab a beer. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, they're gone. 
I uh, ordered uh, from a brilliant website, listeners, from a website called Caskers, C-A-S-K-E-R-S dot com. It's a liquor delivery website. And uh, I ordered uh, some liquor from there. And uh, they had a great selection. And, uh, you know, couldn't be... Uh, could it could it be um, um you know it's it's whatever it, it's it's uh you know it's it's a good service and if you need uh you know in these times when we're trying to go to the store less and uh, trying to drink more it's a great uh it's a great solution for you i think so definitely check out caskers um dot com Caskers.com. We certainly hope you all are having a good quarantine, a good social distance. Uh, We're here to provide some content to help get you through. Uh, And, uh, you know, this episode of Force Vision, we're just, you know, like I said to the guys, we're going to just take it kind of light. We're not going to take it very seriously. We're just going to, you know, have a good time, have some some drinks, and uh, talk Star Wars. Because Mm -hmm. that is what the world needs right now. I can tell you that much. So uh, we have some good little topics picked out here that – that for sure will uh, uh, hopefully entertain you and uh, inform you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Tanner went off to run and get some wine, and Tim is back with a brewski, a tall brewski, and I am here. I'm back. Yeah, there's J- I- there's there's Dan, um, and uh, yeah. I got a beer. We are gonna. What'd get- you get? What'd you get, Tanner? I have a can of Shock Top Belgian White. Ooh. I went with the old Toppling Goliath King Sioux. Mm. It's a double India pale ale. Oh, blah. Tim likes his King Sioux. That is probably the beer he buys more than any other beer, I think. Dude, IPA is disgusting. It's like licking a battery. I do not understand. Well, this one is a double IPA. Appeal. Not a big IPA guy myself, Tan. Uh, if it's a little, if it's a little, uh, if it's less, if it's less hoppy and it's more of on the lighter hoppier side, then I'm all for it. But if it's just like a straight up IPA, it tastes, yeah, it tastes like a, like a, I don't know, like a Christmas tree. I don't even know. Yeah, it just, just doesn't taste good. Certainly doesn't taste good. Doesn't taste like a good old Boulevard wheat. But uh, you know, you know how it be. Yeah. Um, without further ado let's go ahead and get this podcast kicked off and let's get this thing on uh, this show on the road on today's episode we're going to talk about this little article that uh screen rant put out top 10 ray parent theories better than being a palpatine clone you know that's not really news that's totally an opinion but i thought that might be something fun we could discuss going through each one of them and seeing what is uh, true and what's not she's not a palpatine clone i'm in my title daughter i am in my title role right now tanner shut she's the daughter of a palpatine we're also going to talk about disney has hired a new writer for the obi-wan series who's that and uh, what's that all about we're going to talk about that as well um we're also going to discuss the possibilities of solo sequel and why not there's a couple gaming news in the star wars universe as well we'll bring in as well as just generally shooting the shit all things star wars that's coming up right here right now it's time to dive in this is the force vision podcast don't forget our first ever um on-air unboxing segment Oh yeah, uh, we we that was know, gonna be could, a surprise. Couldn't couldn't forget, can't forget that we're gonna be doing that. Uh, that's gonna be uh, 
nothing like the non-visual unboxing to really bring home uh, yeah. to bring home the quality content. Um, I am your host, Jenner. Max Liedem, at Max Fozzie. As always, joined by my cohort cohorts, Tim Reichmith at Tim Trist and Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. How are you doing tonight, boys? Tanner, when are you going to get a camera? I don't know. I don't have a webcam on this computer. I think we need to chip in and get you a camera. Max doesn't this- have... You're the only one... Well, Max refuses to turn his camera on. Oh. He he says it makes him feel awkward when I'm staring at him. He doesn't like my gaze, apparently. Yeah, I only like that when I keep my zoom on at night. And Max, you, uh, and you, you have just a problem with the gaze? Not at yeah, all. Apparently, apparently my gaze just kind of oh. makes him feel <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I thought you said, do you have a problem with the gays? Like the G-A-Y-S. And I was like, what? No, I don't have a problem with the gays. <laughs> no. Why would you say something like that? Yeah, it was a pun. It was a play on words. Ah, okay. I wasn't we've sure. Caught, yeah, we've was caught like, you, Max. I was, like, uh, I was like, on an audio bit, that sounds a lot like gays, <clears throat> not yep. gays with a Z. But um, you found yeah. It. You found the joke. You just, you just offended all <laughs> I, of our listener. I hunted for it, and I found that joke. Uh, what I can say, though, is that I'm feeling good. Uh, uh, my lower back is feeling supported, and uh, my new chair is doing well. Uh, as I said prior to the show starting, we all have our drinks here, and we're going to have a good time talking Star Wars. Uh, I don't even know, really. I just got to scrounge for Star Wars news. I wanted to do a Force Vision episode, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to kind of, you know, pull from the scrap heap because not a lot of things are going on right now. A lot of things are paused as they should be. But, uh, you know, because that podcast like our own need to uh, find content to uh, keep going with. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully these stories, uh, hopefully we can get enough discussion out of these. Probably not. You know, we'll just do what we always do, uh, do a mediocre a Star Wars podcast that we all love to do, uh, and our What's listeners spirit? obviously love to listen to, which is uh, you know, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys been up to? What do y'all? What do y'all? Uh, what do y'all thinking Star Wars wise tonight? Star Wars. What, how, what have you been watching content wise? Well, Star Wars wise. How you been feeling? Nothing. I'll tell you what. The only. There's been no Star Wars in my life since December. The only Star Wars I've been watching is the new Clone Wars. I've been um, playing. I've been playing Knights of the Old Republic too, uh-huh. and I downloaded Galaxy of Heroes on my phone. That's about it, though. I've been thinking about getting into Galaxy Heroes, but I also played the DC version of Galaxy Heroes. I think it's like DC. Legends or something like that, and I played a lot of DC. I played a lot of that game. I played a lot. Uh, it was actually the first. It was like the first mobile game that actually got me to purchase in-game content with their bullshit microtransactions. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, when I switched phones, the app got deleted. And I was like, "Oh, that's no big deal." I definitely have an account with them, and I went to log into the account, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry." Uh, your account was wiped when you deleted the phone because you didn't have this backup, so we can't restore your purchases. And I was like, I am going to fucking explode. A load of shit. I was like, you're. Well, that is. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I spent like, you know, it wasn't like that much money, but I probably put in about 60 bucks. 
into the game and i was like are you kidding like you can't restore anything because i didn't save the data to the phone you assholes so that kind of turned me off from trying to do any of those type of games ever again because it's the exact same concept of galaxy heroes you collect heroes you collect villains you build a team and then you go do turn-based rpg combat like you would in pokemon and uh you know uh, I'll tell you, I haven't gotten into the Galaxy Heroes. It looks fun, though. I have it downloaded, but I have not played. I'll tell you what, it, it actually is a lot of fun. And it, it's it's kind of nice, especially during this quarantine, because there's I mean, really not a whole lot you can do outside of, like, video games and whatnot. But it it's something to kind of do for fun on the side, and uh, it, it takes your mind off things. Yeah. I recommend getting into it, and then we can be in the same clan. Sure. But it, it's cool because it's it's a strategy game, and you know you have to put a lot of thought into, you know, building your team out and whatnot. I refuse to play mobile games. Tanner, you should give in. No, what's cool one, about the Galaxy Heroes one. though is that they do put Legends characters in the game, which I'm surprised they got the okay to do that. But oh yeah, put, they put I believe Revan is in there. I know. So uh, they have they have. Darth Revan and Jedi Knight Revan. So they have both of those. They have uh, HK-47, which is the assassin droid. They, they actually have every character from both Knights of the Old Republic that uh-huh. you can get as a companion. So it's not just the main ones. It's like the, the smaller ones too, which is really cool. I, I like that. Like you can get Karf, that annoying fucker. You telling me but Jolie Bindo is Jolie Bindo is a character you can get. Oh my god! You can also get Darth Malk, which is pretty sweet. Jolie Bindo is more Samuel L. Jackson than Mace Windu is. <laughs> yeah. Like Star Wars. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Actually, I don't. I thought I had it downloaded. I guess I don't. I'm gonna download it right now. Might as do well, it. Might as well do it. But like I got, I got Boba Fett. I had to grind for him, but man, he is a he is a beast. Jeez, Tim, you don't have to sell yourself out just to get unlocked a character. My lord, Seems I did. A weird. Spend a hundred dollars. Tim's been working and twerking for that Boba Fett. Yeah, I have. You know, I'm also a very I'm a big guy on aesthetics. I'm annoyed by the Galaxy Heroes icon having the big EA logo underneath Star Wars on the icon. I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, yeah. It was called it's called DC Legends. Yeah, it's it's a fun game, but you know they're bullshit. Um, yeah. Uh, Did you just throw your phone onto your desk? I did. Did my mic pick that up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, if you, I mean, obviously, if y'all can't tell, we're doing a quarantine version of this. Uh, and it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future. The audio quality is going to be the very highest, but no, you know, we're trying. <laughs> we're putting out the content. That's what matters. Um, that's yeah, all that matters. For me, though, you know, several Star Wars things have been going on. Uh, one, I uh, have been reading uh, Star Wars comics recently. Uh, just... I purchased the new run, the Star Wars 2020 run of comics, which I think is through issue five now. Uh, It is taking place between Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi, this comic series is. Enjoying it so far. Uh, Good good writing, uh, fine art, and uh, yeah, I'm ready for more. I'm bummed about how long it takes for freaking comics to come out. 
when you aren't reading them, but you follow the news on the comics, it seems like they come out so much quicker. But with Star Wars right now, like the next issue comes out April 24th or something. And the last issue came out like two weeks ago. So it's like a month and a half to get a new, a new comic, which is kind of, it's kind of a bummer. Um, and I then read the Rise of Kylo Ren, uh, I believe four issue comic. I would say that comic series is definitely worth a read. It's it's interesting to see the story they came up with, and obviously it is canon uh, what they do come up with. But I I would have liked a little more, uh, a few more issues in in that run. I do feel like our story with Kylo Ren could have. I mean, we would have. I think anyone would have. Uh, read his entire kind of upbringing and backstory in comic form. Um, but they only do four issues. It's kind of a quick little tour. Still some really cool bits in there. Uh, some cool Luke Skywalker action. Um, Kylo Ren as as a Jedi before he becomes who he is. Uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good little series. It is pretty funny, though. There is like a scene where Kylo Ren, he bleeds, which is the new canon way you get a red lightsaber, you have to bleed your colored uh, uh, lightsaber crystal, your kyber crystal, you have to like bleed it with your dark energy to make it turn red. And uh, in that scene in the comic, uh, Kylo has a shirt off and he is ripped out of his damn mind. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in this, like, in this panel. Like the dude has like an eight pack. It's literally the Star Wars SNL clip. I hear Kylo Ren is shredded. I hear Kylo Ren has an eight-pack. It literally, he is jacked out of his mind, and it cracked me up, because I think he's supposed to be like 16 or 17 years old here, and he looks like a full-grown man in this panel. Um, but still, it's worth... doing P90X. Uh, he must be. Um, and so he, it's worth it's worth a... Uh, it's worth a watch. A what? A read? Um, I downloaded them onto my uh, Nook and uh and read them read them that way i will say one thing man uh geez comics are expensive it's 3.99 for a comic and i I just think that's yeah i just think that's pricey for for 15 pages i'm good lord man four bucks but they put a lot of time in the artwork and everything yeah yeah i guess you don't think so i mean they do but like I don't know. I guess what do you think of it? Like children's books are like 16 pages long, 18 pages long, and they get those cut those children's picture books, and they they go for like 20 bucks a piece. So I don't know. The, I guess, but the Marvel Star Wars series um, has had some janky art in it. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Sometimes they go for photorealistic, and it doesn't look. Yeah. Good. There's an artist who he basically just traces like photos. Um, you can find online examples of this, but yeah, it'll do like photorealistic faces, but it just doesn't always match with the detail like of the bodies or the buildings, their surroundings. Yeah. It can look very off, mm. which it's- is unfortunate because they are they are a fun series i have the first couple volumes of when marvel rebooted the comics of the the main line which is immediately after new hope and then um some of the darth vader his first run i have a few of those but uh they're cool stories yeah i will say i I do like i like them but also i do want them to be careful with 
with like how they write Star Wars and how they tell the story, sometimes it gets a little too like comic booky. Like like it gets a little too that something that you get out of a Marvel or DC comic with with some of the storytelling elements. And like by that I mean one of the big points early in this comic series is Luke gets his hand cut off, obviously in Empire Strikes Back, and the the panel shows that, and it shows his lightsaber falling, and um, and then it it shows that some a, a mysterious hooded figure caught the lightsaber before it fell all the way down out of the the you know out of the cloud city, and and to the scrap heap below uh, that someone caught the lightsaber and and as it fell and it was a it's a mysterious jedi looking hooded uh, uh person and uh and i'm just like oh it's just like one of those things like oh of course someone was there to catch his lightsaber and something like that it just it seems a little too marvel a little too dc like comic book for me or i prefer star wars to have you know star wars is i think something that prides itself on and i guess is it's more grounded approach to storytelling in a fantastical world so uh i i don't know i i just want them to uh be careful and mindful that some of those can get a little there for me. Uh, yeah, so definitely read the uh, comic books there. I did also, which I'm excited about, I bought the very first book in the Darth Bane trilogy from the uh, Legends canon. And apparently from a lot of people, it's some of the best Star Wars content out there before it became Legends. And uh, people love these books. So I bought book one and I'm gonna dive into that soon and read that. And uh, last night, I started the documentary, the Skywalker, um, oh shit, what do they call it? The Skywalker story or something like that. It's the documentary, it's the feature length documentary that's included with The Rise of Skywalker. It's a two hour and six minute long documentary about the making of The Rise of Skywalker, as well incorporating elements of the original trilogy into it and the making of the original trilogy as well. Uh, so far, really, really good. Super interesting. Uh, just a lot of fun to watch. And uh, when you watch these documentaries on the behind the scenes things of these films, you get a whole new appreciation for, for you know, the, the work that goes into these blockbuster films. It is just baffling, guys. It is baffling. The amount of time, money, and effort goes in to just the simplest looking things that they make on camera. For instance, uh, the scene in, in the desert, in the black sand pits, that the sinking pits, that Ray and Finn and Chewie and C-3PO and Poe get sucked down in BB-8. When they land in that, that black pit of sand and they get sucked down through, uh, that scene was what? Maybe a minute and a half. Maybe a minute and a half of them being in that pit and then getting out and getting sucked down through the pit and landing in the caves. And it took at least a week and probably hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> to, to make that one minute and 30 second scene happen. Like they had to get the, uh, the, the, they filmed this in Jordan. They had to get the Jordan military involved to uh, rent a couple of their uh, uh, excavation pieces of equipment and then also employ several of their soldiers to run that equipment. And they had to dig out a giant trench 
in the desert. And then they had to get a ton of shipping containers and place these shipping containers in the pit in the desert. Then they had to modify those shipping containers to allow for the actors to sink through the pit and then get into these like shipping container safe house type things that they set up for the stunt. And then they had all the stunt coordinators. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars that went into it. And the scene was like a minute and a half in the movie. So it just brings a whole new perspective and appreciation to how these things are made and how much they cost and how much effort goes into it. It's just insane. Seems like a waste. Probably is. Probably is. But uh, man, it, it's a great documentary. If you own The Rise of Skywalker digitally, it should be in the, uh, I know on Vudu, there's a featurettes tab when you're on the movie itself that you can go to and watch. And obviously if you bought it on Blu-ray, it's going to be just a part of the DVD uh, extras there. So definitely something to check out. Um, and I think Tanner, are you going to check that out? No. You're not going to watch the documentary? I probably will. Um, I don't know. Is it two hours of J.J. Abrams just kind of looking bored and like he doesn't actually give a shit? No, Jay, I mean, if anything, it looks like J.J. cares a lot. <laughs> That's, I, I just love, I love how, Max, you go on this five to ten minute spiel about everything it is. Hitter just goes, no. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. You gotta sell it better, apparently. Apparently, it's 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 really good. It's really good, um, and and also no, if it, to, honestly, I know you're just joking, but to say this, like JJ clearly cares a lot about Star Wars more than I even realized. Um, I mean, the guy said, which this actually sold me on it, and I know it's it's still it's a part of one of the main franchise movies, so obviously he should have an idea, but for him to like just reference it like this. He referenced one of his favorite scenes in the prequels is uh, Palpatine telling Anakin about the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. He said it's one of his favorite scenes in the prequel series. And I was like, uh, the fact that he pulled that out, that, that scene out and, and referenced it and everything as one it's of his favorite the, scenes. It just It's the biggest meme <laughs> from the prequels. I know. Like, but, everyone knows that scene. I know, but still, he loved that scene and it's still, it's, it's still a part of the prequels and it's still something that had very deep canon and lore ties with Plagueis and everything. So he obviously knows about Darth Plagueis and he cares about that, that story, uh, which I, you know, I wouldn't have said necessarily he would have, I, I, but uh, beforehand, Um, but there's some great stuff in there. Like he's, he's caught like uh, when John Williams is composing a score, uh, he's off way off to the side and the camera catches him and he has like literally literal tears running down his face just listening to Williams compose a Star Wars movie and everything. And, um, and, and so Daisy Ridley starts crying when John surprised her with a, 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 a composition sheet or whatever signed by him for, with like Ray's theme on it. And um, I don't know. it's crazy. There's clearly, these people clearly care a lot about this. Um, and it was fun to see, oh, especially too especially Adam Driver. He's so far, he's really not been in the documentary much, but um, at a point in his career where he might come off like, you know, these type of films are now, uh, he's now above these type of films. Like it seems kind of out of place for him to be in these giant blockbuster films, just because of the type of actor he's becoming with these major roles that he's getting nominated for Oscars for and everything. Kind of like, when Jennifer Lawrence was still coming back to the Hunger Games trilogy, when she was clearly ascended past the 
the teenage drama movies and, and she's on to much bigger things. Um, but, but Adam Driver clearly cares so much about Kylo Ren and his depiction and how his character behaves in that world. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool to see how passionate he is about it. There's, they have the set, the set stunt coordinator on, who's a very interesting person in general. You'll, you'll love her in this. Um, but the stunt coordinator was like talking about how she wanted to put in a stunt double for a couple Kylo scenes and, and Adam just denied her that ability. He's like, no, I will, I do everything. He's like, I will do everything with this character. I'll do all the stunts. And she said, okay, yeah, every actor says that they're going to do their own stunts. And Adam literally like said, no, I'm going to do everything. And, uh, and she, um, talked about a couple times where she had ideas for how Kylo would behave in a, a certain battle scene. And it was something as simple as his footwork where she was like, yeah, I want you to swing your legs wide like this when you're going to strike through and, and really impose your will. And Kylo and, and Adam just says, no, no, Kylo doesn't need to do that. He doesn't, he wouldn't step that far. He doesn't need to, to do something like that. Something so minor like that that Adam has obviously taken such great pride in his character that he wouldn't be willing to do something as simple as that with the character because he believes it so staunchly um, that, that Kylo Ren would not do something like that. I don't know. It just, it's, it's cool to see the passion and the actors and, and everyone are involved with something like this, that it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. So definitely go check out that documentary that comes with the rise of Skywalker. I'll check it out. Whenever I get it, I'm waiting for uh, all nine to be released at once. The Skywalker saga. It already is. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's already out. Oh, excuse me, one second. <laughs> the, uh, the the giant box set is out now uh, to purchase. And I've seen people post pictures of it and everything already. Um, but yeah, and you know, honestly, I can't get into the Clone Wars. I I want to watch it, but I just can't get into it. It's a lot of stuff to have to watch and. Like you the talk about Rebels like it's a good show, but can't be arsed to finish the Clone Wars. Well, at least for, for me, good. for me, Rebels is is a new story about new characters, and I don't I don't know the fate of those characters, and I didn't know what new things were going to come from that. But with like the the Clone Wars, since it's in the prequels and everything, I know there can't be that much cataclysmic story involved overarching consequences that come from the clone wars because we already know what happens to obi-wan and anakin and it, it, it you can't put something new in there that would affect the whole trilogy because it or affect the whole series because it already has happened um so i i, I there yeah i i wasn't the uh i don't know i i, I think i would enjoy clone wars enough to, to like watch all the way through it but i just don't know if i have the if I just want to put that effort in, it's just, I just, I just don't care enough. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something, but, um, okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and just, uh, move on into some of these topics I picked out for us to discuss today. Uh, screen Rant put out this article, star Wars 10 Ray parents theories better than Palpatine clone, which Tanner pointed out, uh, it's not a Palpatine clone. It's a clone body that the Palpatine spirit resides in. Uh, it's completely different. Wait, what? Yeah, I thought that's what you were saying. Wait, what'd you say? No, uh, you were saying... Maybe I misheard you at the beginning. I thought you were saying that um, 
Ray's father was, or Ray was a Palpatine. I don't know. Never mind. I, I said at the very beginning, screener. I put out an article that Star Wars uh, ten Ray parents theories better than Palpatine clone. Uh, the, the thing is, people are calling it Palpatine clone, which that's not like accurate. It's not. It's not really a Palpatine clone, which I was thinking. I was calling that past episode we did Force Vision as well. It's not a Palpatine clone. It's a body that is being like cloned, but the spirit well, is very much Palpatine, who's still alive. Whereas a but, clone is just a is just literally a, a a you know a completely different soul and spirit inside a body that is identical to the no, uh, but clone. but Ray's Ray's dad was a Palpatine clone. Uh, correct. It, Ray's dad was a failed Palpatine clone uh, that um, that did not uh, pan out, <laughs> and uh, went and had a baby. So that was that. But yeah, let's let's get into these. Let's see what let's. I haven't looked at this article at all yet. So let's find out if they uh, what what these <laughs> what yeah what these uh, uh, theories are. Uh, Ten. She's just Ray. Meaning, while nobody bought that Ray was a nobody, not too many people were actually displeased about that. After all, not everybody has to be linked to everybody. Uh, so ver- this this theory is her just being Ray is better than her being a Palpatine. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. It's a Skywalker saga. It's a so- it's a story of Skywalkers and Palpatines. Um, if it's going to be a spinoff saga, it could be a spinoff saga with a character that doesn't have really a main character that doesn't have anything to do with those. That's totally fine. I think in something like this, which is literally described as a space opera lineage, blood ties, it's all about that in this, in this saga. So I disagree with that. I think Ray having some sort of tie to the overall story strengthens her character. um, In my opinion. And also I think it strengthens her character to, um, the fact that she knows she's a Palpatine now, but she dismisses that name and chooses her, her own path by deciding to become a Skywalker. Totally her decision uh, to do that. Um, and she decided she was going to be who she wanted to be. And so she decided she wanted to be a Skywalker. And that's that. So I don't necessarily agree, boys. What do you think? Do you think she, do you wish she was just right? Is that better than what we got? Yes. Uh trying to think i mean yeah yep yeah yeah i think it would have been more interesting um it wouldn't have fit in with the rise of skywalker i'm still trying to put that whole thing together with what the whole rise of skywalker means but yeah i would have i probably would have preferred her being just ray I think the Rise of Skywalker just refers to that uh, the Skywalker name once that everyone thought was dead is now risen again with Rey taking up that mantle. I also like the theory, the potential theory that because her and Kylo were twins in the Force, um, that because Ben gave her, you know, his life to keep living, that Ben's, you know, Skywalker aura, as it were, is now a part of her in some way. So she still has, so she has the, the Skywalker power, not necessarily the blood, um, but, um, you know, it, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, 
with her being a Palpatine. I think there was definitely better ways they could have gone about doing it. Uh, it could have been, I mean, you can argue that it was clunky the way it went, but uh, no, I think it's still a better option that we got her as someone tied to the overall story uh, than uh, a witness. Cause then I think the story She's gets bigger. The main character. She is the story. I understand. Yeah. I, I understand. The hero of the sequel trilogy. Like I, she is the hero of the sequel trilogy. But if she isn't tied to the overall story, she becomes looking. She starts looking like a passerby. Like she just I someone just, standing on the sidelines as everyone else is battling over old blood ties. I think that totally weakens her character in the overall saga. If she's just someone who has nothing to do with any of it, she's just there and she's like, "All right, I'm, I'm here to help." But it's I just think a passer- it weakens her character know. to have everything special about her be tied to some old dude yeah i i i just wish they would have made made its own thing because it it makes it too family oriented with you have to be a skywalker you have to be a palpatine i mean that's the whole point of the saga it's a skywalker saga the thing is the last jedi was trying to get away with that it's kind of one of its many things was that you know anyone can be a hero heroes can come from anywhere and you can make the argument it's the that dumbest that idea f- it's the dumbest argument still intact. It's, the, it's the dumbest thing ever though like if you're st- elitist if you are a star bullshit, wars max like Tanner, only, if you are a, you if you are born into power that is the dumbest thing ever if you are a star wars fan and you watch star wars and you literally think you can only be good if you're a skywalker that is the dumbest thing ever That's yoda qui-gon jinn obi-wan kenobi it's like mace windu endless characters have that's a place what you're in- saying that's not what i said no i said I, that a hero can come from anywhere they can come from anywhere but that's what i'm saying is that you are saying that the idea that they can come from anywhere is what the last jedi specialized in i'm like yes. no it's not that the whole saga has showed you heroes can come from anywhere obi-wan kenobi no. saved luke skywalker's life at the very end obi-wan kenobi killed anakin skywalker to make him darth vader like heroes are always people who have not been tied to bloodlines in this song it's happened all the time so i don't i don't understand like why people are thinking that i never understood that like i i understand other points but i've never understood the idea that that ray being a nobody is super unique in star wars it's not there's countless characters who are major well, parts of the saga. It had that, to start somewhere, but the fact that you you would keep continuing like the hero, you know, chosen one blood, I think that muddies the and you know again. Appeal. I think you can, and I think you can like the decision to have Ray not be anybody, which she's not because she's a Palpatine. But and I think you could like the idea of her being a nobody, but also like I don't understand what people were. Like, I don't, like, I go to watch this Star Wars trilogy, this saga, the Skywalker saga, to watch a story about Skywalkers and Palpatines. If if the idea of that's tiring for people, then don't watch the movies. That's it's like, it's, never been what it's about, though. That's some weird sh- retroactive shoehorning The Rise of Skywalker tried to make it out, that it was just these two these two families destined to clash throughout the centuries or whatever, and it it was about Anakin bringing balance to the Force. It has been, but also it's... The, the In whole his sa- legacy. But the whole saga, though, the whole saga has been a Palpatine pulling the strings and the Skywalkers either falling to him or beating him. And that's, that, that's that the... That wasn't 
how the sequel trilogy started, though. That was some last second, like, well, oh, we well, throw in Palpatine and then and, just fuck everything that we had well, been doing prior to this. And that's, and that's where you get into, like, you know, he said, she said, do I believe necessarily that Palpatine was in the plans from the beginning? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sure he was mentioned, but I doubt that he was a key point in the overall story. I, I agree. But still, I think... I just think that Ray being tied to Palpatine explains a lot about her type of care, like who she is, why she is so powerful. But also I think it, it bold, it, it makes her character that much more interesting because she's able to break away and, and defeat her bloodline. That is arguably the strongest, most powerful person in the galaxy that she's able to defeat that and throw that away, I thought was a, a super powerful moment. Look, so I enjoy it. They could make anything work if they just developed it, but this movie did not spend any amount of time developing anything. And again, I've, I've we've just said this- wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, a bullet point list yeah, of ideas, I, and there's so- no. There's no work done with. I think we talked about this earlier. Like one of the biggest gripes is the fact that, you know, they just throw Palpatine back into the movie, and there's no lead up in any other movie. They don't even go into his backstory of how he survived or what he's doing. They have to dialogue about anything. They have to release this afterwards. Yeah, well, well, hold on. I, I I agree, guys, and we don't need to get into a, a huge discussion as to as to like Palpatine's resurgence on in the Rise of Skywalker, just because that's something different than what we're discussing right now. And I I agree with I, you guys. I suppose. But but also <laughs> also something else that I've said before, and I believe you guys agree with me. I don't blame any of the directors. I don't blame J.J. Abrams. I don't blame Ryan Johnson for any the, the way anyone feels about their films, the way their films were received. I don't blame them. I blame the people at Walt Disney. And the people at Lucasfilm who did not decide beforehand that we need to have something written out that is a solid storyline and you can build elements around it, have your freedoms around these solid story points because we have to do these points so these all tie together nice and neat. But then you can do your own stuff and be really creative and be a director and have it be your film, do your own tone, but these points have to be touched on. Um, and so I don't blame yeah. the directors for that because they, they basically, like, they did that themselves, but they did it in a one film basis. And they, it's not their job to tie together series when they aren't going to be directing or producing it at I, a high level. I think, yeah, I mean, this trilogy suffered mostly from a lack of overall vision, but The Rise of Skywalker, independently of that, is still very weak in terms of um, just filmmaking like pacing editing dialogue just writing it suffers all across the board but also um, yeah and, there's a little there's a lot going on and so any you could say it's impossible to say what idea would have been better because the right. guy whoever made this movie could have taken a great idea and still fucked it into the dirt like but but also at the same time too i don't i don't blame jj again for that because, and I'm not, like it or not, like, you either love it or you don't, I mean, you, I mean, there's a specter. You love it, you like it, you don't really care for it, whatever your feelings are with The Last Jedi. I think there's one thing that's definitely true, though. It's that The Last Jedi didn't do the next movie any favors in terms of 
putting together a in terms of help like having it so they could put together a story that explains what happened to last jedi and what's coming next thank you i don't think that's fair to say that the last jedi didn't do any favors for the next movie because they had no idea what the next movie was going to be anyways that's true but but the i the thing is though is that the entire saga if there's one thing that i think was always there from jj and ryan's mind is that kylo ren's going to get redeemed and if kylo ren's going to get redeemed you're either going to have the the last scene of the movie like the 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 ending ending point of that movie be Ben Solo's redemption and he turns and then dies. But that's the end point of the movie. You're either going to have that be that point, which is like exactly how, you know, the return of the Jedi went with Darth Vader turning and redeeming himself. Or you're going to have something like what we got, but you need, you need another big bad to come in and, and, be the person that Kylo and Ray end up having to go against. And I think everyone knows that the best bet was to try and bring in another big bad instead of go full in on Kylo Ren because the entire movie, you know, he's going to turn the entire movie, you know, Ben, he's going to turn back to the light side. The, the series has been setting up the entire time. So they either go, they either go, we're going to turn Kylo or we're going to go all in on him being a totally horrible person. No one I wanted would to say be a total horrible person. No one wanted to see that. They wanted to see him redeemed. Everyone thought he was going to get redeemed. So that would have been a easy, heavy-handed. This is like no stress in this movie because Ben's going to turn, or he's going to turn, and you have a bigger threat looming that they have to fight. So you either introduce someone like Palpatine that the audience already knows, or now you have to introduce a completely new character in the last movie to be the big bad and explain that guy which I think that's where their back was against the wall. I'm like, well, it's probably easier to explain Palpatine than it is, you know, uh, whoever the fuck from this place. To it, it probably would have been easier. And that's the only thing I can think of. It should have been Hux, but uh, the, unfortunately, the one thing Ryan Johnson did not do to help the sequel trilogy was turn Hux into the butt of a joke in The Last Jedi. Um, but... Anyways. Yeah. All right. Moving on to top. number nine. That's probably my <laughs> fault. No, that's fine. It's fine. We were just shooting it. This, is the, this whole episode is just shooting the shit with Star Wars. So I'm totally fine with that. Number nine. Uh, the number nine option of better than Ray being a Palpatine. Uh, two Jedi we didn't know. Uh, even before episode nine hit theaters, there was an, it was known that Star Wars was going to end hiatus for a little while. We didn't know what the future holds, but blah, blah, blah. So uh, wouldn't, have been, wouldn't it have been intriguing if had they made Ray's parents two Jedi we didn't know, possibly two who are lying low to avoid the threat of the First Order? Um, I mean, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. Um, I mean, it's very much in line with Ray being a nobody. I think it kind of goes hand in hand. She can be a nobody and have Jedi parents, um, or she could be a nobody and not have Jedi parents, I guess. Uh, um, any, any thoughts on that, guys? Can you repeat nope. again? <laughs> uh, have Ray, instead of her being a Palpatine, have Ray's parents be two Jedi? We just don't know. They're still Jedi, but we don't know who they were previously. Mm, no, I don't know if I'd like that. Yeah. Because then, then they have to go the whole story of what they're doing, and people are going to be more upset. Oh, why weren't they helping? Why are they hiding? Why are they running? Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I, I don't think I would have liked that. Okay, moving on. 
Uh, wow, I hate this. Zori Bliss is her mom. Um, hey, mean, that's what we originally theorized. Well, the, the character that we came to know is Zori Bliss, I guess. I hate the idea of her being Ray's mom. But the original theory before we knew who Zori Bliss was, yes, we actually did think uh, that was our original theory, Tim. You're right. Our theory mm-hmm. was that Zori Bliss was going to end up being Mara Jade or a, 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 a turn on Mary Jade uh, being Luke's uh, long-lost uh, lover. Um, um, being Luke's long-lost lover and mother of Ray. Um, so that was, that was something uh, um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was like our idea is that they were going to kind of tell maybe a quick backstory as to why Luke felt a connection to Ray to begin with. And it was, you know, Luke rescuing Zori Bliss from trying to resurrect. She was trying in the meet. I think the whole theory was Zori Bliss's character, who is going to be Mary Jade, Mary Jade, and Zori Bliss is going to be a pseudonym. Uh, Mary Jade was working with the Fallen Empire First Order to try and bring back Palpatine. Throughout her quest to bring back Palpatine, um, she ran into Luke Skywalker, who was trying to stop this from happening. Luke turns her from the dark side. They fall in love. Um, she has a child with Luke and she then flees Luke because she still has like dark side tendencies and wants to go um, back to Palpatine or something like that. And in that moment, she drops Ray off on a, the desert planet Jakku and heads back to her completer original mission of trying to bring back Palpatine. I thought it was the original idea. Um, but uh, other than that, if it's just the character we came to know, Zori Bliss, no, that's not a good option. But beforehand, yeah, why not? There are some good theories that were going around there. I was actually really proud of that theory, Tim, that we came up with. And man, could we have not been more wrong? Literally, not even close. Not we were even, way off. Not even a negative percentage close. It was that bad. I think we, I think we theorized that for at least like two hours per drive. Mm-hmm. I don't even. We didn't even get one thing right. This one is so. The, this one was popular leading up to the movie, and I just I never bought into it. Number seven is Anakin Skywalker reincarnated. What do you guys think of that? Uh, there no. was a YouTuber who had a series of videos where his whole theory was that Ray and Kylo Ren were Padme and Anakin reincarnated. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the idea just because it's very mystical and weird, but I don't know. Eh. You know, it is it is mystical and weird. I just never understood it. I just didn't think that made sense with the story. So I just I never I never really thought that was gonna be uh, gonna be the best uh, best yeah. option for the for the saga. But I did I did yeah. think. It, I mean that I th- that just would have been way too far fetched, especially because you saw his Force Ghost already. True. It would have been interesting, though, because then they could have said that uh, Padme was reincarnated as Kylo Ren, and that's why he's so obsessed with Darth Vader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could have, I don't know if I would have liked it, but they could have done some really interesting things. But Yeah, absolutely. Ray being Anakin reincarnated would be fun and weird. It would be like, yeah. kind of like an Avatar kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I just also Maybe they do some pod racing, too. Yeah, I think they would have Maybe to do a lot of... Bring ex- back Ben Quadraneros. <laughs> yes. 
I think there would be a lot of explaining to do with that, but um, I mean, it's, it's well, <laughs> the option they picked also required more explanation than it's, what we got. So it's true. That's true. I think this one goes a little deeper, but I, I do. Yeah. I mean, both did um, a new chosen one, uh, meaning um, they could have given her anonymous parents, but explained that she wasn't conceived naturally instead being born through the force, just like the protagonist of the saga. So the idea is not Anakin reincarnated, but she is born the same way as Anakin uh, to the, uh, to a, a, you know, just born by the force to a virgin mother, uh, another Shmi um, of, of sorts. I think that actually is kind of interesting. I like that more than reincarnated. I think that would have been a little more interesting is that the galaxy chose, the force chose a new chosen one um, because it, maybe the force itself didn't even expect Palpatine to defy death uh, because he used powers that they never knew that the that the Force uh, was never even aware of type of thing. I think that's kind of interesting. So it had to choose a new chosen one, and Ray was the one to be chosen. I, I feel I, like that's that was my initial impression was that she was just a new vessel for uh, the light side of the Force. Episode seven is called "The Force Awakens," like as it, it seemed to be kind of subtle things to interpret that you know, i mean they talk about the will of the force that you know maybe she was embodying that um, right but it turns out that that subtitle didn't really fucking mean anything um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's what i i, I kind of like that she's just kind of uh, the personification of the light side of the force. Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked that. And I'm okay with that too. Like, and again, that's like that right there, I think is also great. Like if she's not going to be a Skywalker, she's not going to be Palpatine. Um, that she also has something, she has something that makes her uh, uh, special in a way. And I would have been okay with that too. She wasn't either, but she was born yeah. in the force in a way. Um, and, and, and that being the case. I think that would kind of fit in with like last Jedi with Luke cutting himself off from the force, like him cutting himself off leaves such a, an imbalance that she is born from the force. Now I know the timeline wouldn't probably fit cause she's, she was probably born before he was actually, actually did that. But I think that would have been kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's not this vast, this vast emptiness of the light side that it did something so drastic as creating a new life form to carry yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Not bad. Um, this one was also- You should have been hired to write the sequel trilogy. Hey, you know what? I'm actually in talks for season three of The Mandalorian. Well, there you go. We're going to have Count Dooku back Ooh. with the body of Grievous. Could you make this show good? Uh, I'm just, I'm it just already playing. is. I'm just playing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, fun <laughs> fact, uh, Baby Yoda in season two is going to be holding a Starbucks cup. cup. One for uh, marketing and two as a slide against Game of Thrones. Oh. oh uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, number five is he was created via Luke's hand. I'm going to step away for just a quick second. Got to go run and grab a Coca-Cola. I'll let you discuss this. 
Uh, number five, created via Luke's hand. Is that better than Palpatine? I jokingly brought this up as a theory. I believe on the podcast I've even mentioned this. Yeah, I remember you talking about it. I don't know if I would have liked that. I, I wasn't a huge fan of her getting cloned because then you have to go the whole – you have to explain how a clone can have force abilities, and it, it doesn't it doesn't sit well for yeah, me. Though, I, I mean, it's space magic. I thought we were trying to get away true. from the midichlorian thing. But we would have to, we would have to go back to the midichlorians and say, "Hey, this clone was made with an abundance of midichlorians." Can you do midichlorian transplants? Um, I think only if you have omega blood type mm. or O. Is it O? Yeah, it's O. Um, I don't know. I don't think I would have liked it. Um, you know, I I think it would have been kind of cool if it, if, if the hand uh, was found by Palpatine's followers and they were trying to use that to create a suitable like source for Palpatine um, to be born, like to be able to take over, uh, because they needed a powerful like force. Uh, user to be able to have him his spirit reside in it and through you know one way or the other we actually get ray um i actually think that could have been uh something that would have been interesting uh to see for sure in my opinion maybe maybe all right maybe moving on to uh number four uh you know this is a lot of people thought this is going to be the deal from um, from Force Awakens, they thought this is actually going to be the deal. Uh, Han and Leia were her mother and father. No. Yeah, I I didn't think that was the case. The only way I thought that would have been the case is if uh, if like Kylo and her, which the age difference didn't make. I mean, I guess you could kind of see if they. You might be able to argue that they look like they're the same age, maybe in the in the movies, um, and they might be actually in real life. I I don't remember, but uh, actually no. I, Adam no, Driver's like 35. Yeah, Adam Driver's like 35. Daisy Ridley's like 23 or something. Um, They're not. I thought maybe, maybe maybe there was a chance that they were twins, or uh, that uh, that Ray was given up at birth by Leia in a way to protect her because she knew uh, that Snow could already taken her son, and she didn't want that to happen with Ray. She could tell that she was a force, a very force sensitive individual, um, and so she gave her up at birth or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I could see how it would have worked, but also I, I don't think it made the most sense. It would have been interesting, but I, based on the interactions that they had in the first two movies, there was no real signs of recognition of, oh, that's my daughter. I think mm-hmm. it could have been interesting if it was one of those things where they did like a forced mind wipe and took Ray away and hit her. And they literally just did not remember her at all. And then maybe is one of those things where as she defeats Palpatine or whatever, they didn't remember because their minds have been cleared because there's no more, you know, dark side. And then that would have been kind of cool. But I mean, it would have been tough to do because Han was already dead and uh, uh, RIP Carrie Fisher. Right. Well, I thought, I actually thought from Force Awakens, there's a chance because Han had that like look, 
to her when she said, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy, and he almost looked guilty. And then also the fact that Leia doesn't even know who Rey is, and she gave her, like, a huge hug when she got off the Millennium Falcon after Han died and didn't give Chewie a hug. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something going on here, um, uh, a parental uh, instinct, and Leia doesn't know how to tell her that she's her mother, but also wants to still keep her safe in a way. I didn't know. I thought there was something that could be there, um, but it would have taken some backstory, exp- uh, some some explanate, some explaining to be able to pull that off. I think, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, this is this is one here. Uh, Han and Kira, uh, Kira's daughter. Uh, uh, so Kira from uh, Solo and Han uh, got busy apparently at at some point and it uh, had a baby, a baby Ray which uh, neither one of these people are Force-sensitive individuals. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that happens. Um, this is stupid. I don't like this at all. <laughs> this is a dumb theory. Why is this number three out of their ten? It's a very stupid theory. I don't know. They probably didn't that think, random, people, <laughs> that they random, probably think people were going to be reading it this long. Yeah, they probably. <laughs> They probably did it. That is the <laughs> dumbest. How is that three? That should be ten. If you're going to make a top ten list and this is going to be included somehow, that's ten. That's a dumb theory. <sighs> Even though, uh, well, honestly, if they put that as number ten, you'd probably stop reading. You're like, ah, this that's is true. Like, ah, we got to bury this down in the top. Yeah, we won't even discuss that. That's stupid. Moving on. I never liked this. A Kenobi too. She's a Kenobi. I always thought that was stupid. Didn't like it. I was like. I was like, if you're, for me, it's like, if you're going to make a familial tie, you know, for the most part, I was like, if you're going to make it a familial tie, make it a freaking Skywalker, make her a Skywalker. It's a Skywalker saga, make her a Skywalker. If it wasn't a Skywalker, I I wouldn't have, I honestly never would have assumed Palpatine was still alive until the the last second of that trailer at Star Wars Celebration. But, you know, after we found out he was alive. And yeah, I guess it makes sense too. It's like, okay, make her a Palpatine, make her a Skywalker. Those, make her something that has to do with the story if you're going to go that route of having her be tied to a bloodline. I never understood having her be a Kenobi because Kenobi, you know, is obviously a great character in Star Wars, but he's not a main, he's not the main character. And if you have Rey be a Kenobi, it's almost like the Skywalker saga is actually the Kenobi saga. And that makes no sense. So I just thought that was a stupid thing. I, I never liked that idea. Um, I don't know about you guys. But I just, I just never liked it. What do y'all think? I would have liked it. I really like Kenobi. I think they could have done some, some cool things with it. You know, it, it would be kind of poetic where, you know, Obi-Wan um, is betrayed by Anakin. He defeats Anakin and then Anakin comes up and defeats Palpatine and then Palpatine comes back, Anakin's dead, Kenobi finishes what Anakin started, essentially. I think that would have been kind of cool. It's you know, cool, but... but him cleaning up his ties. That's cool, but that, that, But the saga literally then is the Kenobi saga. Then it makes no sense to call it the Skywalker saga, because like, it would be more about Kenobis than it would be about Skywalker. So like, I, I like the idea of Kenobi having <laughs> lineage, but like having Kenobi, a Kenobi be the main character of two of the three sagas, I think makes it a little too much. Okay. This is more about Kenobi's than it is about Skywalker's. Um, Cause so I, he's the superior man, you know, and you know, Tanner following up on that, we never saw Kenobi hanged on. And I hope in the, in the spinoff saga, now that Disney plus is considering more mature content, 
they just that's why they got a new writer i want to see ewan mcgregor as kenobi bathing in a, a, a random pool of water on tatooine cleaning himself hanging full dong with the sand people i mean he i think he's too uh too proper for something like that do you think sand people have ginormous dongs or do you think they're more reserved Um, my gut tells me small see i don't think either i think it's probably normal size but i believe there's like three shafts maybe they don't even have dogs Oh, there's the kid sand people that Anakin killed. There's got to be something going on there. Isn't there asexual? I mean, there's other, maybe they just shoot them. That's how they're born. A Tusken Raider just shoots a lady Tusken Raider in the stomach. and With a gun? Or with, with like... a gun, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, Kenobi is a, you know, we, you know, we're on debate about that. But, uh, you know, hey, do down... you want to hear, hear a fun Obi-Wan Kenobi related thing real quick? Sure, go ahead. So, uh, legendary Japanese actor Toshiro Mifune turned 100 years old yesterday. Okay. Um, he was a staple of the classic Akira Kurosawa movies. Um, starred in Hidden Fortress, which was one of George Lucas's main inspirations for Episode Four, and was even approached to play the role of Obi Wan, but really? he turned it down because. Uh, some comment I read, I don't know if this is true, he turned it down because he thought uh, he didn't like the the whole Jedi kind of taking too much from samurai sort of iconography. He thought that would kind of cheapen the, the cultural importance of samurai in Japan. So uh, he respectfully uh, declined. But yeah, we could have had a Japanese Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm sure every bit of mythology in Japan is 100% originated there and didn't borrow from anything else either. It was just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, all right. Um, that would have been cool, though. Man, it would have been, been cool to have uh, a, a, a Japanese uh, Obi-Wan. But I do understand, too, what he's coming from. Like, kind of, I don't know, maybe it almost is, like, too on the nose, that, that uh, ancient, yeah. ancient, sorted, cloaked warriors, uh, yeah. Japanese. I mean, I guess I get where he's coming from now. I mean, if he was offered, it was like, oh, no, it's not just Japanese people. It's a bunch of people. They're of all kinds that can ho- hoist a lightsaber and, and hoist it. And uh, he'd probably be like, oh, okay. But then we wouldn't have had Ewan McGregor, you know, play young Obi-Wan. Or if we did, it would have been very problematic. That's true. So anyways, uh, uh, what's, what's number two? No, number two is a Kenobi. Number one, the the finale is having her just be a Skywalker. It's a Skywalker saga. Anakin Skywalker was the main character of the prequels. Luke Skywalker is the protagonist of the original trilogy. It would have made sense if somehow she was a Skywalker as well. Unfortunately, the movie entitled The Rise of Skywalker is actually a misnomer. It should have just been called The Rise of Palpatine instead. Right? That's a stupid last sentence. It's stupid. I hate that. Um, but also, I understand The Rise of Skywalker is... For the movie title, you do get a little bit of like, here's the thing, with the, the title itself, you don't really know what it means after you watch the movie still. You, you have to kind of debate to figure out what that title actually means. 
um, in this in the series. Whereas like every subtitle before, pretty much, yeah, the title matches up with the events of the movie. Return of the Jedi. Yes, Luke Skywalker is is a Jedi officially. He's a Jedi Knight. He's kicking ass. The Empire Strikes Back. Darth Vader chops off Anakin's hand. The Empire gets the upper hand on the Rebellion. Uh, a New Hope. Luke Skywalker is found by Obi-Wan Kenobi and the chances of defeating Darth Vader and the Empire now have a new hope because the Skywalker lives. Luke Skywalker is <coughs> there and uh, could could become a Jedi. Uh, yeah, Re- revenge of the Sith. Palpatine gets his revenge on the Jedi who nearly wiped out the Sith by wiping out all the Jedi to the point where there's like only three remaining. Uh, Attack of the Clones. There's a bunch of clones. The Phantom Menace. Palpatine is the Phantom Menace. There's someone behind the scenes pulling all the strings, and you see him in hologram form. Force Awakens. Rey is the first new Force user in a galaxy uh, that had with that much power. Uh, the last Jedi, Luke Skywalker's last Jedi, makes his last stand before Rey becomes the next last Jedi, and then obviously the Rise of Skywalker. But that one, we're still kind of not sure. Does Rise of Skywalker mean she took up the mantle, so the Skywalker name lives on? Does it mean Ben Solo is redeemed, and now? He's Ben Solo and not a Skywalker, but they're going to say, hey, he's got Skywalker in him. It's the rise of Skywalker. Is it because Mark Hamill appeared as a ghost as Luke Skywalker? That wouldn't make sense because he didn't really do anything in the whole story. Uh, uh, Are you reading something or are you ranting right now? I'm ranting. Okay. For a second, Uh, I thought you were just reading the article. No, I'm ranting. (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I actually don't know what we're talking about. I'm going to be honest. I, I lost my place. No, I uh, liked where you were going. I just, uh, sorry. But yeah. uh, no, no, you're good. Uh, I was finishing up anyway. So, uh, yeah, she is a Skywalker. Better than her being a Palpatine. I would say yes. I think actually that would have been better than her being a Palpatine is figuring out a way to actually make her a blood Skywalker. If you're going to go again, like I say, you can disagree with her being anything. That's totally fine. But if you're going to go with the familial thing, I think you should have just tried to figure out a way to make her a Skywalker. Um, but I do, I mean, I understand why she became, why they have her be a Palpatine. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, do you think you would have preferred that over her being a Palpatine? Yes, but they would have, the sequel trilogy would have to be radically different from the onset. Like if she was a Skywalker, then I would have wanted that to be a known central thing in episode seven like she's aware of her parentage everyone's aware of her um and not whip that out as a twist in the you know last episode maybe yeah i i wish again yeah that all goes back to the the how the story was told probably could have been a little bit more uh heads up um and and uh story elements that would have you know Hinted at. I think. I think honestly. By the way, just like really, the the whole Palpatine thing would have been much better with really one small minor change. At the end of the Last Jedi, we find out that Palpatine lives. That that alone makes the Rise of Skywalker much better in terms of how its story goes. Is just knowing he's alive out there rather than the movie just starting and he's alive. There was no hints in the press past two movies. He's alive, but he's here. It's like if they would have just hinted at it at the end. Uh, some way to to make it to make it that he is alive i think that would have been uh crazy like what if it was almost oh like a henry the fourth kind of thing where 
Um, you know, she's not evil, but she's kind of the wayward, rebellious kid. Like, Luke has his academy intact, but she just kind of rejects the lifestyle and is off fucking around. As things start to fall apart, she has to accept her sort of her place, her responsibility in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. See that? That could either. have been some. Not bad either. That's not bad. It's not a bad, uh, bad idea. And then you still could have had the last movie be called The Rise of Skywalker because that's when, you know, she fully kind of, you know, self-realizes. Hmm. Whatever. It's not bad. It doesn't matter. Well, anyways, that's the top. Yeah, because none of that happened. Uh, so, <laughs> you know. And it's, it's films that are in the past and nothing will ever change about that. So, yep, because uh, we are in the worst timeline. So that is the top 10 things that would have been better than Bray uh, being a Palpatine according to Screen Rant. So <sighs> there's that list. Um, moving so on. News. Yeah, Disney Plus announces that Obi-Wan Star Wars series gets a new writer. John Wick 3 executive producer will pen the upcoming Star Wars series. What is his name? His name White McGuy face. Is his name is Oh my god, will they tell us his name in this article? Get on the Jacoby uh, Joby Harold. Joby Harold. Harold. He's written things. He has. He has. He co-wrote. King, King He's Arthur. written things. What he, also? He co-wrote King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. That uh, movie ex- was so bad. He executive produced John Wick Chapter Three, Parabellum. Too many Ooh. subtitles. And Edge of Tomorrow. Additionally, he is the co-writer of Zack Snyder's upcoming zombie flick Army of the Dead for Netflix. Now that's a name that means quality. It's kind of feeling like uh, hiring Chris Terrio to be the writer of the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. This isn't great. This is, <laughs> this is not good news. I mean, you know, any writer can pull some amazing out of their ass. Like, right. So who knows? But right, and I, I mean, think. I think they wouldn't have brought him on to a project this large unless he had some serious, serious storytelling, swinging jubels. Like uh, the previous writer, the previous writer who was attached was Hussein Amini, if I'm pronouncing that right. His writing credits include Drive, which is an amazing movie, but also Snow White and the Huntsman and the Snowman. So... Edge of Tomorrow is pretty good. He produced that. Didn't write it, but you're right. It was entertaining. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is great. It's a great, great movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't have really any strong feelings on this. He's obviously executive produced some pretty big hits. uh, um, In his writing chops still seem to be, I guess. And I probably could look him up on IMDb and find some more work of his that would probably be more impressive as well. Um, but you know, with TV series, uh, I feel like that, you know, you just have to play the wait and see approach. Um, and again, I don't, you know, you can say what you want about how Kathleen Kennedy is 
worked with hiring, you know, the top brass on various different projects and how she's kind of fired them and moved on to other ones. But the one thing you can say is that she's fired really good talent. Um, they aren't people who are like, you, when they originally come on, they're like, oh, God, wow, what a terrible decision to hire them. It's more of like, oh, that's a really good decision to hire them. And then things don't work out, so then she fires them. Um, Chris Tr- Trevorrow was not a – Colin Trevorrow was not a great idea to, <laughs> to see, do I, episode nine, though. I, I don't know. Say. I, I don't know. I disagree. I really like Jurassic World. I, I'm not a big fan of the sequel. Fallen Kingdom wasn't that good. But I actually really like Jurassic World. Um, I think he's a tentpole director, though. Like he, he's like his his specialty are the blockbuster films, and you could decide if that was a, would be a good decision or not. Coming off of Ryan Johnson, who's a very much you know smaller filmmaker uh, who makes more intimate films uh, with much smaller budgets, than bringing him up to the big leagues to you know a three hundred million dollar budget film. Uh, compared to Trevorrow, who's, you know, again, his he's, I guess that would be kind of his thing, he's trying to do the tentpole films. Um, so I don't know. And I, I mean, from his script, from the script that leaked, I, I thought the story was just fine that he was trying to tell. So I don't know. Uh, and that was obviously the first draft, too, so he would have had a lot of work left to do on that script for Duel of the Fates. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I don't have, I don't have beef. With the old Terry, uh, with the old uh, Trevorrow on that, um, but yeah, again, I don't really have strong feelings on who the writer is for Obi Wan Kenobi. I trust that they found that he had a lot of good story beats and good details and and things he wanted to tell. You don't just get to work for Lucasfilm and and write for a massive project without having some very compelling evidence as to why you should be hired. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it sounds fine. Uh, go for it. Whatever. You know, we're not going to get this series for forever anyway. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, this, this should not be a difficult production, right? Like it's Obi-Wan. It's what everyone wants. So why has there been this much behind the scenes kind of fucking around going on? I, I mean, I don't know. Concerning. I think it's kind of tough because how do you, when you think about it, what is the direction of the story they're going to take? Because well, they've already eliminated his main villain, which I think going back, it's, it's kind of hard because in hindsight, you know, it's a terrible decision. But, you know, going back, them killing off Maul and Rebels. If they if they would have left him for a live action Obi Wan, that would have been fantastic. But I mean, outside of that, I'm trying to think of what they would even discuss or like what they would even have the movie be about, other than him just staying on Tatooine watching a kid grow up. See, that could have been a way to have an Obi Wan series, but also like a soft continuation of Solo, with like. Kira and Maul moving operations to Tatooine or something yeah, but like that. Yeah, the thing is Maul and doesn't know Kenobi that running into there. No, I'm not saying he does intentionally. It's just sort of a, you know, kind of fun classic Star Wars coincidence, but um, I don't know. They should have done like a comedy of Luke Skywalker growing up and then like Obi-Wan just kind of being around there. Like an even Stevens or something. Sure. 
every Disney production so far, maybe not, I don't know if Mandalorian's included, but it seems like everyone has had production problems other than um, The Last Jedi. Um, it's, yeah. just, it's just interesting. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes of Lucasfilm. I don't want to be one of the people that just bashes on Kathleen Kennedy because she is a legendary film producer um, and deserves all the credit in the world, yet uh, it seems like she's having a hard time handling Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like that. I mean, she's, she really, I mean, she has been having issues I don't with Star know. Wars. The proof's in the pudding there with, like, her. But, I mean, also at the same time, like, everything she's made has been pretty good. Like, I mean, you can say what you want about everything, but it's still good. It's not, like, terrible it's, quality. I, it seems like she's good at putting the movies together and maintaining some level of quality, but uh, if anyone should have had a grand vision for the sequel trilogy or it's just star Wars going forward. It should be her. And I don't think she has one. It's just make star Wars successful and profitable. I would have, I would have thought that I think that has since changed. I think that's something that she's felt a lot of pressure to change is to make sure that she has a plan going forward because we've seen the repercussions of her not having a plan. Well, it sounds like this High Republic stuff might be more thought out and developed, but we'll see. Yeah, but they're not. I don't think they have any plans of making any movies based off that, do they? It's it's solely going to be novelization. Yes, right now it is oh, only is it? a, it's only it's, novels. Yeah, it's it's only uh, it is only comic books and novels right now. Are the it's a strictly we'll publication. <clears throat> oh yeah, no yeah, we'll definitely we'll see. see. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh. No doubt about it. It's not they're, they're saying what they planned is strictly for publication, but not that. It, but the guy, the, the guy who's heading that up, is like not that they like, we can't go in that direction and start making movies and stuff right now like that. He's just said right now, all this is is strictly a publishing venture, and it's nothing mm-hmm. more than that yet. So uh, he was just trying to calm people down who are trying to speculate. Oh my God, this is we're we're getting uh, we're going to get movies on this. He's like, oh, well, hold your horses, there, little feller. We've been lied to, so yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited for the Obi Wan series. I of course will absolutely watch it when it when it hits Disney Plus eventually. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just some interesting news. But uh, you know, wait and see. We, we're still several. We're still two years out from actually seeing a single episode of that, probably. So um, uh, we'll just have to see. Um, moving on, uh, Star Wars writer. Uh, uh, John Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan's son, Lawrence Kasdan, a famous movie writer, uh, right, who's written for Star Wars before, and John Kasdan, uh, who has also helped to write for Star Wars with his dad, uh, says a more solo is a tough sell for a Disney Plus series or a new film. I um disagree i think people would flock to watch a solo series on disney plus i think that would be a lot of fun i think people i think that made i mean if disney plus was around when the idea for a solo movie came around it would have made more sense for it to be a series i think the series would be a huge hit so i don't, I don't necessarily agree with that i i think he's probably spot on with it being a tough sell because bob Iger literally changed 
the entire plan for Star Wars content going forward because of Solo's performance, which I still think is one of the dumbest decisions. I just, I mean, Bob Iger is a brilliant businessman. I just don't understand that reaction at all. Like following up a extremely divisive Star Wars movie three months after and had nothing to do with The Last Jedi, really. I mean, there, well, actually, there, was, there was people who were probably affected who didn't really care for The Last Jedi very much and maybe felt Star Wars out for that period of time. But, but The Last Jedi is a minor reason for Solo's performance. Minor. The biggest reasons being you release this movie three months after The Rise of Skywalker, or th- you know, four months after, uh, uh, the, sorry, the last, the last Jedi. And you did it with very little marketing. I think we started seeing actual marketing for it like a month before the film came out. Um, yeah. It was just a terrible all-around plan. You know, you push that to Christmas time, it's going to do way better money. And I just don't understand why Bob... Bob Iger decided, no, this means that people are fed up with, with Star Wars content and they need a break. I'm like, uh, Marvel put out like their 18th film this past year and it is the exact same fucking movie they've done 18 times before. It is the exact same thing. And people are eating that up and getting it to a billion dollars. So why would you ever think that people are tired of Star Wars content? So um, I just, I, I will always question that decision. But that is probably why John says it's a tough sell because people at Disney changed course because of Solo's performance. But if we're talking to fans, if we're talking to the people who would be, you know, paying for Disney Plus to subscribe, I don't think it's a tough sell to them at all. I mean, it's absolutely a watchable show. Uh, a solo show with Donald Glover's Lando, uh, you know, eight, ten episode series, a season-long series, like, you know, do multiple seasons, eight, ten episode seasons. Keep it, keep it short, but, I mean, an adventure series with them. Who wouldn't watch that? Uh, Donald Glover is great as Lando. I thought Alden Enreich was great as Han Solo. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think if you ask Disney, if you get a poll of Disney Plus subscribers, I would think the overwhelming majority would say, let's make this a show. Yeah. I'd be um, down. Have you guys listened to the new Childish Gambino album? No. Actually, it's yes, not good. It's, it's a lie. I have I have listened to it. Uh, it's not it was, good. I don't think it was good at all. I only listened. To I can't believe he took that long to put that out. I actually didn't listen to all of it. I I, I thought the songs I was listening to had were somewhat catchy, but I, I didn't really pay attention to lyrics that much. Doesn't even have "This Is America" on it. Like that was like his biggest hit, like ever. Some people think that this is kind of like uh, Kendrick Lamar's like unedited and unreleased album where it's not really an album. It's just like a a, a, a midway project to the actual project. Um, just had a but I, I don't know either. At least that one, at least Untitled Unmastered is like good. Yeah, I, hey. I, I have no opinion on it. I've never listened to any of those albums all the way through. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about the biggest news out there right now? What's that? The uh, the old the old Mandalorian season two casting news. Oh shit! We haven't talked about that, have we? On the fourth no. <laughs> my god! I was man. waiting for Max. How have we oh, not man. talked about that? Max? You're right. We haven't. Uh, yeah. Max doesn't uh, even care. Uh, we're gonna have to reshoot the intro. We're gonna have to reshoot the title. 
because uh, that should be like one of the leading things. That should be our big topic of the day. Uh, rumors, and not even rumors at this point, basically, because Deadline and, and all these other places are reporting it, which are very, very valid sources. That. Um, what's her face? What's Rosario her face? Dawson. Rosario Dawson has been cast to play Ahsoka Tano in a live action role in The Mandalorian Season 2. And to follow that up, it's allegedly rumored to be her appearance, a backdoor pilot to the Ahsoka Tano spinoff live action TV series. Now, Rosario Dawson is a big Ahsoka Tano fan. She has tweeted about Ahsoka Tano for years, basically wanting, begging to play that role because she wants, she just wanted to play that role. She wants the role. And it appears that she finally has it. What are your thoughts of a live action Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian Season 2? I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 have, uh, I have no real love for this character, I have to say. Um, I mean, she was fine in Clone Wars, but the sort of in enduring fan interest is very strange to me. Well, I think you need to watch all the Clone Wars and, and uh, I did. Watch. Oh, you did? Yeah. You gotta watch all the Rebels too then. Uh, no, I won't do that. Rebels is pretty good. No, that's no, that's where Ahsoka not. that's where Ahsoka takes the next leap. In Rebels she's amazing. She is so cool in Rebels. So freaking but, cool people were hyped about this character before she returned to rebels back when the last we'd seen of her was as a teenager i think it's creepy i think feloni and the entire star wars fandom have been grooming this fictional character from adolescence to now her adulthood as a star wars waifu and I wag my finger at any self-proclaimed Ahsoka Tano fan. Tanner, what the fuck? Hey, man, it's not me. It's everyone else that's weird about how, it. How is, You're how is it any on this. different? Everyone how is it always... any different having her start as a teenager than what they did with Anakin? Same thing. She's a girl. She's a girl. So you, you, she. That means if she's a young, strong female character, that they're grooming her to be some sort of sexual, you know, Rule Thirty Four on Reddit bullshit. Look, I can tell you, George Lucas never imagined himself making out with Anakin Skywalker, but Dave Filoni and Ahsoka. I don't know. So this is my take. So Dave Filoni worked with. George Lucas on many things. And then this is his real first project that he can kind of be on his own and create his own characters. Clone Wars is what they did first. And with Clone Wars, every character had already been introduced within the prequel saga, except for Ahsoka. So Ahsoka is his first character he's ever actually able to develop. So I, I can get why he loves her so much because this is his, his work. This is who he came up with and decided to make. And, you know, it's a completely new character we weren't ever introduced with. Now, I'm excited for it because I think it, it, it's very interesting to see what she's going to be like in a live action um, role instead of just being in 
in you know animated form um I mean, I, I'm definitely interested. I'm excited to see how they're going to play that into the whole Mandalorian story. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that, by the way. You know, Tanner's not the only one, but there's, like, multiple people who, like, have this opinion that, that like, Dave Filoni created Ahsoka as some sort of, like, sexual fantasy. And I have absolutely no idea where this came from. But, I mean, you, Tanner said it, so it's like, I don't know. I guess it's like a popular theory out there. I don't understand it. Uh, but, but apparently that's, that's, the, uh, that's why people have issues, and I, 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 don't, I don't get it. But it's plain as day. What's plain as day? Is she, is she, in, like, is she in, like, sexually promiscuous situations in, in Clone Wars? Um, I mean, she... <sighs> Tanner, are you attracted to Ahsoka? Is this what this is? No. Is this, is this, no. <laughs> no. I'm a well-adjusted adult. <laughs> this is uh, this is just Filoni's depravity now infecting more facets of Star Wars. I mean, he has helped help me produce it. I don't understand no. your hatred for Filoni, man. I think he understands Star Wars. Because he's too much of a fanboy. He's too much of a fanboy. Dude, he understands smart fanboy, but he's still a fanboy. He understands Star Wars a lot. He he understand, understands Star Wars more than anyone. And I think he he is as deserving. I mean, that's like that's like I mean, what's his face? Over at uh, freaking Marvel was a, is a fanboy. That's how he got it. He is a fanboy. He's a Marvel fanboy. And he is the like Favreau? literally No, not Favreau. Faggy? Faggy. He he was a Marvel fanboy and he look what he did. He built the greatest okay, uh, when I say greatest, by the way, I mean not in like terms of quality, but in terms of just overall box office domination and, and pop culture dominance in terms of topic, uh the greatest franchise in the history of movies with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he was a massive fanboy. So I don't understand it. I, that's not that's not a bad thing. To me to be a fanboy as long as you also know how to rein it in when it's time to rein it in and uh, i think feloni does that um i think he keeps star wars on track because i think if he was a fanboy we would have seen you know in rebels we would have saw luke skywalker we would have seen we would have seen all sorts of different things all the time and the fact and the main thing too tanner for me is that john favreau works so closely with feloni and he trusts him and if Favreau trusts him, I trust him because Favreau is an excellent storyteller. And um, so I don't, I don't understand the, the hate for, for Filoni, my boy Filone. But um, I understand if you don't like the stuff Filoni does. Um, but I think, I think Filoni is, is as well-informed of a Star Wars fan as anyone out there, but also just so happens to be you know, in one of the highest positions in Lucasfilm that you can have. Um, the guy has, has a ton of creative freedom over there. Star Wars has a savior in his name is Ryan Johnson. God. Um, but I'm excited for Ahsoka in live action. I think she's a badass character. Her white lightsabers are dope. They're super cool. And it's going to be super cool to see that because I'm positive we're going to see Ahsoka versus uh, Grand Moff Gideon uh, with the, with the dark saber. And it's going to be unbelievable 
It's going to be so cool. And uh, I, I, I can't wait. I think, and I'm glad that Mandalorian is doing this because I, I didn't really care for Rogue One that much because I don't care as much about the military and the story, uh, the, the war part of the story. I care about the cool mythical stuff. I care about the Jedi. I like lightsabers. All right. Yeah. I like stuff like that. That's anyone what, that, that's what says, gets me fired up. Yeah. Anyone who says they're more interested in like the bounty hunters and the, the boots on the ground guys are, I don't trust them. Star Wars is about space wizards. Like fuck off with <laughs> your other stuff. I agree. Now I will say this though. I will say this. Uh, my favorite voice in the Star Wars community. His name is Ken Knapsack. He wrote a book called Why We Love Star Wars. It's a hundred essays on various Star Wars topics on why we love Star Wars. He has claimed many times that his favorite part of Star Wars is the war and the politics of Star Wars. So I do trust him, but he is really the only person I trust that because I think he has as much credibility as anyone. The guy has put in literally probably at this point hundreds of thousands of hours of, of of effort into star wars the guy is a star wars content machine but i'm also with you in the same time tanner that i i just i don't care about the stories about the boots on the ground i want to see the stories about space wizards and the force and lightsabers and making things float with nothing and just being an overall kick-ass guy and uh, that's what I want to see more of. So I'm glad the Mandalorian's incorporating that. They're not shying away from it. And uh, uh, they're going to dip their toes fully in the Jedi waters. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's pretty much all I had on the, uh, the docket. Oh, yeah. I did have uh, releasing on the Nintendo Switch. Um, already out is Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which I believe is the first in the trilogy of Jedi Knight games. And apparently Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is a lot of fun. Uh, came out for various consoles like 20 years ago. Uh, and apparently it's a very fun game. People really enjoy it. I've never played it. I'm not sure if it's going to hold up, but apparently people say that the game is still pretty good on the Switch. So I haven't bought it yet, but I'm thinking about it. I haven't bought it yet, I but think, I'm thinking about it. I th- I think I played that one. The multiplayer was a lot of fun. And they brought the multiplayer to the Switch, too, and to the other yeah. stuff. They re-released it, and then the multiplayer is back. But even a bigger announcement, in my opinion, is they announced that Star Wars Racer, the pod racing game for the Nintendo 64, is also coming to the Nintendo Switch. I had that. that oh, I had so it, too. fucking hard. Oh, that game was hard as shit, but it was so fun. So fun. Um, I always loved you know, you know, creating the pod racer and, and whatnot. But it does, the one bummer is that these are just ports. They aren't upping the graphics at all. They're not doing any sort of remaster. They're not adding any new content to the game. It's just a port. So, you know, that's kind of a bummer. But it'll be fun to re-experience in the game. I haven't played that game in 20 years. So it'll be fun to re-experience that again and, and uh play around with that i'm sure because it's probably gonna be like 9.99 on the nintendo switch store and i think that's that's a fair price fair price for sure uh but yeah that covers all the star wars news guys uh, i don't i don't really have anything else to discuss star wars wise is there anything that was on your mind that you wanted to talk about uh in in terms of star wars nope max tim where are you at in uh fallen order oh, i i uh i beat it 
No, you didn't. I did. I know what happens. The kind of horror story ending of Darth Vader and everything is kind of cool. Oh. You just looked it up on YouTube, didn't you? Yep, I did. Um, I uh, <laughs> No, I beat it. Are you but serious? It, no, I beat it. it. It was it was good, though. It was a good game. Um, I'm ready for the sequel. I was surprised also that everyone lived. That was something I was a little surprised by. I thought for sure that... Uh, what are, what's her face? Bulgy eyes was gonna die for sure. But uh, yeah, I was kinda, I was kind of surprised by that too. I mean, she got thrown. Well, you know the one thing with Star Wars: if you get thrown into a pit or a hole, you're going to survive. Yes, you, you're, you're like three for three at this point. <laughs> That's so true. There's three <laughs> characters off the top of my head: Darth Maul, that girl. And Ben Solo have been all thrown to their deaths into a giant pit, and they all fucking live. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> they're three for three, man. They're, that's a that's a that's a, that is a trope in Star Wars. If you get thrown into a pit, you are definitely not dead. Definitely not dead. Hey, no, they're four for four. Palpatine, Palpatine and got Palpatine. thrown into a pit. They're four for four. Hey, Andy blew up. Andy blew up, <laughs> and he's still alive. He would have died if he hadn't gotten thrown in that pit. That's for sure. Now, does Boba Fett factor into this? Well, yeah, because they're going to bring him back. It was a Sarlacc, quote-unquote, pit that he went down. I think think they bring him back for sure. Which, by the way... I think they are, too. That's probably my... That's probably, you know, even more than Jedi Rock, which is a terrible thing that they brought into the new cuts of of Star Wars. Uh, Probably more than that... I hate, uh, I hate, um, um, the Sarlacc pit having those, like, tentacly things. I, I hate that. That made the Sarlacc pit so much less scary to me when it was those, like, tentacly. Yeah, like, they look like little fucking Mario villains when How they're like that. How it supposed to eat? It's, it's literally a mouth in the ground. It needs yeah. to wrap stuff. That's those in the original. Would you cut, rather have it have hands? What are you talking about? Do you know what I'm saying? In the original cut, it's just a giant hole in the ground with big ass teeth, and you fall down into it, and you're dead. You're done. You fall into it, and that's its mouth. Its mouth is the center of the pit, and you get eaten. That was terrifying to me as a kid. But like when when they edited in like the the Venus flytrap looking like little tentacles that were like that were like. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't think these are, these aren't as intimidating as a giant toothy pit in the middle of the ground that they throw you in. I thought that was way scarier than, than what they have now, but that was, that's probably my least, that's probably my least favorite change that they brought in when, when George Lucas came and, you know, decided to freaking, you know, button mash the CGI and, and, drop in a bunch of garbage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, anyways, uh, boys, I think that's going to do it for tonight's Force Vision. I think we have a, we had a, we had a long podcast today and I think we had a lot to uh, talk about, which is nice. Um, we, we almost good, got the two hours. We almost did. We almost did. Uh, but, uh, you know, a good long podcast for people to listen to during these times, I think is greatly appreciated. So, uh, without further ado, uh, again, my name is Max Lee. I'm at Max Fozzie. I'm your host of the Force Vision Podcast, joined once again by Tim Reichmuth at Tim Trist and Tanner Rush at Danger Rush uh, for another great episode.
of the Force Vision Podcast. We have a lot of fun things planned coming up in quarantine. One of them, we want to start doing some live streams. You know, we originally we were going to do live streams in person, but since that has you know kind of been taken off the table due to the boundaries we have to put in place um, for at least a little while longer. Uh, we're thinking about doing some live streams where uh, we'll, we'll invite you in. You can come into the chat room, hang out with us. Who knows? We will do live movie watch-alongs. We don't know. We're just going to play around with it, have some fun. I think it's going to be a good time. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can follow us at Cinemaxic on Insta, on Twitter, Cinemaxic Pod on Instagram, CinemaxicPod at gmail.com if you want to submit any uh, questions uh, or topics that you'd like us to discuss. We'd love to talk about them. And uh, yeah, guys, we will see you next week for a new episode of Cinemaxic. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking to you then. So thank you guys so much for listening. Share with your friends, family, Star Wars fans, all of the like. And uh, we'll be here to give you all that great Star Wars content. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much again. And may the force be with you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>